Welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. To find out more and to become a member, visit PCAPainted.org. Find more great content like this on PCA Overdrive. A subscription to the platform is included with membership. For all of you non-members out there, sign up for a free trial. PCA Overdrive is available on the App Store and Google Play. You should stop looking at other businesses and saying, well, they're doing it. We all have different backgrounds. If you listen to how someone got into it, you'll know that their road's not yours. And it's okay. It's okay. You're listening to Estimate Rocket Radio, the hassle-free online software for service contractors that keep your business running from lead to pay. We want your business to grow, so we make it easy to get your job done. Hi, everyone. It is a great day here at Estimate Rocket Radio, and I want to give you all a very warm welcome. My name is Kathleen. I'm the Director of Sales at Estimate Rocket, and I am joined by my very dynamic co-host, Chris Shank. Chris is the leader of education and engagement here at Estimate Rocket. Hey, Chris, how are you today? Very good and excited about the bright energy that our guest is going to bring today. Oh my gosh, yeah. We have in the studios today, Splash. Splash is the host of Blue Collar Tribe podcast. His passion is everything blue collar. He helps contractors grow their business via social media and finding tools that can help them build an online community of buyers. We talk with Splash about how to lead in a way to get results. We tackle the idea of nice boss. At what point does nice boss stop getting results? And he uses a phrase, I'm just going to explain real quick, that is hilarious. He says he doesn't want to should on you. And at first I was like, should on you, what does that mean? And it's when he tells you, you should do something or should not do something. So he's not gonna should on you, don't worry. But he is going to give helpful advice that helps you manage with empathy, in effectiveness. Hi, it is so fantastic to have you on Estimate Rocket Radio with us. Glad to be here. I uh, never thought I'd be on other people's podcasts being a podcast host myself. <laughs> but uh, when Chris asked me, I was like, sure, let's go. <laughs> well, that's what makes it even more interesting, right? Podcast people getting together in the same room. Uh, it, it flows. We can we can take our pick of topics. And so we kind of have to think out all this stuff ahead of time and you know, sometimes we get in some good discussions before the podcast even gets started. We're like, hold on, hold on. Let's save that for the podcast. <laughs> but um, this was a topic that's near and dear to our hearts here at Estimate Rocket uh, because we've released new features and, you know, we're always releasing new things. And Kathy, I know you can attest to this, that we're telling people all the good stuff we have, but then to tell them the extra things, we're like, you know, and there's more. And there's always more. There's always more that we're adding to the list. <laughs> And people use what 30% of what we have. So we're already just saying, well, there's, you know, you're, you're, there's so much to uncover here and we're putting new stuff on top all the time. But um, some of the newest stuff was all about team communication, internal communication at mm. mentions. Um, there's a lot of new capabilities there. So we're talking to different people out in the industry in different industries, people like you splash about team communication and management and, and, you know, we keep coming across this topic too, of what is the best way to communicate expectations to your team so that you get results. And so let me just start off the question there for you, and then we'll just get this rolling here. What do you think is the best way to communicate expectations so you get results? Well, in my history of being a contractor, I've learned that 
you got to let people show what they're capable of doing. Um, I don't know if the last time I talked to you, Chris, we talked about it when we were in Denver, but being, I am a contractor still. I don't have any employees, but at my peak, we had 30 employees and I felt like I had to control everything um, and own everything because my name was on it. Splash. It was splash painting. Hmm. And when we were being, at the most successful time of my business, I was allowing the employees, not my employees. I want to clarify that. I never wanted them to be my employees. One of them, I learned that it's better for them to be them. Hmm. And once they started showing themselves what they were capable of doing, my increase, um, that scary word that I was deathly afraid of systems were actually <laughs> working hmm. because they could show themselves what they're capable of doing. It wasn't me telling them what to do. So in that communication, you know, they knew what the job was. They were hired to be a painter, you know, and I think each trade skill is different because there's some, some things you can get on and just start doing other things. You have to be told what to do because maybe it's a new feature to that trade set, or it's a new skill set you're adding on like spring, you know, not everyone can spray. I mean, you can pick up a gun and pull a trigger, but there's a lot more that goes into it. So there's that leadership on them. But I've learned through my experience, it's a lot mm. easier to let people show what they're capable of through that act of communication. That's really interesting. No, yeah. I believe in that 100% too. Um, so tell us what happens when you don't get the results that you want, right? What should managers do then? My personality, and I, I've said this to Chris, I know I have like employee, this is, I think it's so interesting that you had me on to have this conversation, Chris, is um, my employees have been the Achilles of my business. You know, we, I haven't had anybody for over a year now and I took a lot of time to meditate. I don't want to get super hippie on everybody, but like I took the time to really meditate. I'm an accountability person. I first hold myself accountable, but as a business owner, I think it's important that you you have expectations um, established in your business. And I think it's important that, I don't know. So of the people I'm really close with it, within the industries of being blue collar, not just painters, but I have a lot of friends that are all over the space. One commonality in the success that I've seen is they have systems in place. They have basically like an old school HR book that says, hey, here's what you're required to do. And mm -hmm. they sit down with the employees and say, here's what's expected of you. Um, and I think that mm. I'm a firm believer that people like to be told what to do. They like to guide, <laughs> but they also want to take a lead, a leadership role. And that's really hard when you tell someone, I know you giggle, Chris, but it's hard no, to it's, tell someone. It's counterintuitive, but it's, I believe it. People like to be told what to do to some extent. I yeah. mean, with that little qualifier there, yeah, it's because we think, oh, I don't like people to tell me what to do. But in, to some extent, we do like to be told what to do or know what the expectations are, know what the starting place is. Right. What are the, what are the rules to this game? And yeah, it, go ahead, Kathy. I hear you're wanting to say well, something. Well, and, and when you said you you think that people like to be told what to do, I didn't really hear that out of your mouth. I heard they need a framework to with to work within mm -hmm. And right. no kind of have helpful guidelines. You know, you put yeah. someone in a big auditorium and you put them in the middle of the room and you say to them, okay, do what you need to do today. And they might 
spend an hour standing there and saying exactly, you know, where do I start this? Mm. So having a framework and even, even we're going to go through a few more things and dissect what you just said, because I loved when you said I have been meditating. Um, I'm a huge believer in that, by the way. And with owners, we push ourselves sometimes beyond our physical and mental limitations, which is a good thing. And you also have the burden financially of being responsible. At the end of the day, if you don't have what you need to make payroll and health benefits and all that, you're in trouble. So I see the need for taking some space and and meditating on, you know, what should I do next? And, and I believe in all that stuff. And I believe that you will hear the answers that you need to hear. So I loved when you just said that, but I also really enjoy even at Estimate Rocket within all the departments and with all the leadership, the heads of the departments, we all have a framework and we know our goals and the guidelines of which to work within. We have great a great amount of um, latitude on how we can achieve our goals, but we would all be lost if we didn't have a framework to work mm-hmm. within. So I highly believe in that. It works. I, I'll use this. You said auditorium and my mind immediately went, and those that are listening to this can laugh at me later on. I'm a huge WWE fan. I love wrestling. <laughs> I love wrestling. I watch it every, I watch it every week. I watch the pay-per-views I have since I was a young boy. Mm-hmm. Let's go to the spectrum of being a wrestler for just a minute. If you've ever watched wrestling, you know, a few things. One, it's fake. It's entertainment. Two, they're some of the best athletes in the world. However, when they get into that quote unquote squared circle, they've been taught and ran through a hundred different times of how they're going to jump off a rope. They already know how to do that. They know how to get on top of a steel cage and jump off. But there's still someone there saying, hey, if we do it this way, or if you try it this way, or have you thought about going it this way? I think is for my managerial experience is I... I don't like to shit on. That's a big thing in my house with our kids, with my wife and our relationship. I don't want to ever tell someone you should do this. It's a, it's a mm. shitting on uh, non-opportunity. <laughs> but what I want to tell people is like, have you thought about it this way? I think it's the approach when you're telling someone, like you said, like people want to be told what to do. I mean, look at marketing ads. You know, you mentioned PCA, Chris, that's coming up and these trade shows that are all out there. They're telling you to come to this event. You're being told to, hey, you should come to this. This is for you. A new paintbrush on the market. You need this Stinger paintbrush. You need this product. You're being told what to do, whether you like it or not. It's all aspects of being told what to do. We understand in management, those that are maintaining success, that you, it's all in the approach of how you do it. And what makes a really great manager is if you can build each employee that you have, their kind of hamburger. I don't know if you've ever heard that analogy about build a sandwich. Hmm. I don't like onions on my sandwiches. You go to McDonald's or whatever. If you buy me a hamburger with an onion, I'm not going to eat it. I'll give it to someone else. So let's take the analogy that you have three people on your job site. You're going to buy sandwiches for you're trying to manage them. You need to know that Splash doesn't like onions. 
You need to know that Chris loves onions, no pickles. You know, you need to know that Kathy wants extra cheese, no bun. If you know that when you're, I don't want to say disciplining, but when you're having a conversation that you're trying to get a good result, if you know how to approach Kathy with her sandwich and say, hey, here's some lettuce and some cheese. And she says, well, I really like extra cheese. In the world of the workspace, what she's telling you is, hey, I like to use Purdy Rollers, not Wooster. Okay, cool. I'll only get you Purdy Rollers. You know, for Chris, he likes extra onions. Well, he may be really good that he can walk on stilts on a job site and not a stepladder. He's more efficient that way. If you know how to build these individuals, their kind of quote unquote work sandwich, Hmm. you've not told them what to do. You've at least given them a guide and they're letting them self show what they're capable of doing, which then makes them feel prideful about your job because I'm a firm believer in this. And I talk about this in my social media course. Nobody cares about your business, but you Hmm. people are supporting you and they they want you to succeed. But when you lay your head to rest or you're meditating, as Kathy said, she loves to do. It's like, you have to take ownership that it's your business. No one truly cares. They don't care. It's not a bad thing, but once you understand that it brings a higher level of success within Hmm. whatever you're trying to achieve. We're talking about accommodating people and empowering. Let's let's call that empowering people to become their best selves, to to do to kind of lead by their strengths. Is there? We, we I guess we don't talk a lot about what happens when people start feeling, uh, I guess, privileged or enabled and not empowered, but enabled to kind of continue in in patterns of behavior that are negative. You know, if we're constantly saying, Hey, your way is the best way to our employees, you know, are, you know, we still need to kind of guide them. We need to set a framework and things like that. Does it get to the point where some bosses, they become more bud than boss. There's a book out there, you know, about from bud to boss, but you know, do they become more of a, a buddy and they have that mindset to like, I, I just want my employees to be happy. That's my job to make them happy they're not happy. Something's going wrong. Um, could that lead you down some bad paths where it reduces your influence as a manager, as an owner for the sake of winning your employees affection or approval. And you're, and you're kind of mistaking that for the results that you're looking for. Let's, let's go down that road just a little bit. Do you, when you talk to other contractors, do we see that happening out there? I believe every contractor feels that they have buddies at their job site. You're building a family on a job site. I mean, We've heard this a hundred times and you're going to hear it a hundred times more. You spend a lot more time at work than you do with your family. So mm-hmm. it is important that you, you have a family type atmosphere. I think that's the key word. what I'm saying family type atmosphere, but just like what's in the home, you know, there are consequences to things that don't get done. There are consequences to actions that you do. So when you have that buddy, buddy role, you have to have the ability to separate that, you know, um, I, my parenting is probably a lot different, but like when your kids do something, you know, um, I mean, I've been very grateful with my kids, but like if, if someone does something that, you know, they shouldn't have, and they know that they shouldn't have done it, there's a consequence. What is the consequence? You don't know. 
But when you have friends on a job site and you have that like, oh, I would die for you, man. I would do anything for you. You know, like you're like a little sister to me or whatever the situation may be. You do need to step back as an owner, just my belief, and know that there's going to be a time that you're going to have to say, hey, Chris, this is not how we do things. You know, you can't wear flip flops Mm -hmm. to work. You know, whatever it may be. I I don't know. Or like, (laughs) you know, you knew the timeline was two days. And you didn't do it. Why didn't you do it? Mm -hmm. And a lot of us, I'll even throw myself into this percentage. A lot of us, it's hard because it's that human element of caring. I I once hired a a father-son combination. It just wasn't good. I'm not saying that it can't work. Right. But the, the son was very dominant over his father. And his father felt that he couldn't show up at work because there were days that the son wasn't there. And the days that the son wasn't there, this dude killed it. I'm like, where have you been? Like, Mm. Interesting. So you get what I'm saying. There's dynamics that you have to understand and you have to be able to separate that um, human aspect of like, it's a job. Cause anyone that's ever owned a business, one of the greatest feelings in the world is handing someone a check. You know, if you're a business owner, I hope you get the chills hearing this. Like, here you go, Chris. Here you go, Kathy. Like, your blood, sweat, and tears earn this money for me to pay you. Mm-hmm. And it means the world to me. But there is a separation of knowing how to manage those people. And you, and to answer your question, if I didn't answer, Chris, it's, it's hard. Um, but you have to understand that you have to be not disciplined, but you have to have consequences or conversations, interchangeable words there to your employees as your audience Mm -hmm. because you will get ran over time and time again and it's not intentional you just will and and i know from the consumer aspect if you have a team in your house and they're doing a task let's say they're painting and there's they leave paint on the hardwood floor and they're not caulking after they finish painting and there's dried drips on the wall and things like that, it's actually going to cost you more money to have them come back in on another day and fix a hundred different problems. And so it's a balance of always of being kind and generous and letting people have space to do their work but mm-hmm. if they're not doing it correctly, it's costing the company more money and the consumer is not going to reach you really that high when they've left the job a mess and they get a call saying, you guys have to come back here. Did did anyone inspect this? So I realized that it's a balancing act continually to make sure that the team is happy and the team is working at their very best and most productive um, point that they can work together. But you're also balancing is the quality of the work correct. And if the quality Mm. of the work is not up to par, then there has to be some dialogue there about what are we doing here and who's checking and, and, you know, you're supposed to be doing A, B, C, and D and if you do A, B, and C and you leave D out, the customer is going to come home and say, what what just happened here? So it, it's not easy managing and it's not easy being a business owner. So 
I don't want anything, anyone out there, you know, to feel like we're diminishing that because we're not, it's super, super hard. I've been in learning and development for a little while now. Training people is very difficult. Okay. Mm. So we're, we're a software company at estimate rocket. We are, we know it's a big change when a company adopts any new technology, but something like estimate rocket, where you can run your company off of estimate rocket. We always say from lead to paid, this is not a little commercial for it. I'm just saying that it's a really big deal, especially for the larger companies with a lot of employees, say from 30 to 50 employees, and then onwards, you know, upwards from there, that is a systematic change across the board. Everybody has to change. You, there's not a whole lot of room for people to slip off the radar and do mm-hmm. their own thing. Mm-hmm. We have to create a big plan. We've actually done um, some presentations on integrating new technology and what project management needs to happen for there. Actually, we did um, a series with Bevan Hernandez and we have worksheets that came out of about 10 worksheets that people can use in deciding what technology um, they need a checklist for actually vetting out technology, then bringing in new, deciding who your change management team is going to be, who your change agents are, a, a process for communicating with your team and holding everybody accountable and training. It's a big process and it's it's got to be tight. It's got to be really tight. There's, there can't be a whole lot of slippage. And so that being said, uh, who is it? Um, who is the uh, good to great? Jim Collins. Yes. He talks about, disciplined people, disciplined thought, disciplined action. I think it was you, the discipline part of it is super, super important because it is hard work and there's not a huge margin for error. So in the middle of all that, you have to be kind, right? You know, being kind to each other is really important and being respectful, but getting shit done, man, is super (laughs) important because at the end of the day, your company has to make money. And like Kathy said, you got to employ people. So I just see this whole thing of empathizing with your crews as much as possible. But at the end of the day, you just got to get things done. So that's why I think this is such an important topic um, that at what point does being nice and empathizing with people start to compromise productivity and results, you know? So that's why I think it's such an important topic. And you've been there with big crews and you're like, I need everybody to be on the same page and know, know what, like you said, consequences. We need to know what happens if we don't reach these goals together and people we need might. to know how we, how are we going to get there? You know, this is a very rigorous process, tight, tight process. It is. It, it is very much so. And to go a little deeper, if I can, yeah. one thing that I've seen with companies, so as you've said, I have a podcast and I bring contractors on, I bring tool inventors on. Literally, if you're in the blue collar world, you're you can come on. And we talk off screen and we talk on screen. And one of the things I've noticed um is the business owners, there's a separation that's happening. Um, so right now in 2023, we're gonna see one of the biggest retirements ever in mm. the blue collar industry. It's mm-hmm. it's happening now. And it already has started to happen since COVID. I think some contractors, in fact, I know a lot of them that have just retired and they were not 65 yet, you know, um, for whatever reason, but that it's the percentage is like 20% this year, almost from what I was, I've read again, it's internet. So who knows what to believe and not to believe, but they, they suspect that, you know, about 20% of business owners in the blue collar world are going to retire and be done. And a lot of them don't have family. They're passing it on to. Right. 
you know who they're passing it on to? Their employees. Mm-hmm. One of their employees. Interesting. Yeah. So you have the ability. Now you're saying, well, they were probably buddy buddy. No. The I'll, the one company I do know of, he is actually selling it to one of his employees who'd been with him for 10 years. He told me, dude, we'd fight, we'd argue, we would do it, but he knows his shit. And mm. what I have found in these business owners is that they're not, I think as business owners to back up just a little bit, you have to answer this question. And this is a very hard for, question for me to answer, but I know the answer now, but I'll ask you to sit back and ask, are you the business owner or are you the labor worker? Once you can define that, you can continue. I read this book. Um, I know Chris and I love talking books. I read this book about being a triangle. And it really hit home with me about having a set foundation of three points. You know, it's unbreakable. Once you have it, it's unbreakable. And if you know, okay, if you decide I'm the business owner, that means you don't go on a job site. You don't touch drywall. You don't touch an electrical cord. You're not touching a broom. You are running your business. If you are the laborer, which happens to be a lot in the paint industry, and I I think a lot of other contractors, but especially in the paint industry where I come from, you're the laborer too. What that means is you need to step back and say, okay, I have to give some of my business away. I'm not talking percentages, people. I'm talking roles. You need someone to manage your crew. You need someone to do the payroll. You need someone to work with Estimate Rocket. You need someone to do your social media. These are Mm -hmm. all roles. And I don't want to swear on this, but you aren't an effing octopus. You aren't. Stop. (laughs) Stop being the octopus Mm. and telling you now, once you can answer that first question, you have one foundation, you know what your role is. The most success comes from people establishing what their role is in their business. Mm -hmm. And once you understand that, then you build around that, you know, to, to talk about, well, how do you let people shine? Just let them do it. One of the biggest issues we're having right now in the culture of blue collar world no one wants to show up anymore. And I think that goes on bad managers. Do this, do that, do this, do that. Instead of saying, hey, I like your personality. I think that you fit this mold. Go. You guys were talking about drips and runs, Kathy, about going into a house. Mm-hmm. Callbacks are the worst thing for any contractor. Right. Other than mm-hmm. getting paid, callbacks, not getting paid. Callbacks are the absolute worst thing. So when you're building your team, no matter the size, I don't care if you're a three-man woman operation or 50 people, you need some, you need people who have different personalities. One of the best people you can hire for your business as an owner is someone who absolutely knows nothing about that trade skill. Mm. And the reason why is because they have more strengths in a different area that they've really focused on and they've honed in on. Mm-hmm. They're just tired of doing it in that space. Let's say, we'll just say white collar. They're, they were really good at being on phones, making sales. Okay. Which means they're really good at communicating, right? Okay. So if you bring someone on who's not a painter, but they're really good at communicating, well, guess what? They can do your bids for you. They can maybe manage your taxes if they understand that. Obviously, mm-hmm. let them show you. And we take that away as business owners we take that away from them. And we, you know, I don't, again, I don't want to shit on you, but you got to stop. 
hire people in, but that goes with first understanding, are you the business owner or you're the labor worker? It's still your business if you're doing labor, mm. you know, mm-hmm. and you can't run it both ways. You have to right. have that, that, that distinction. Really you do. So, you know, and I think you'll agree with this instinctively, business owners feel like they can do it all and you can't, and you need to know your limitations and you need to know what you're good at and what you're not so great at. Mm -hmm. But the reason why you're owning your own business is because you push yourself beyond limits and And so it's a personality trait of a business owner, period. And so I think if business owners can look at themselves in the mirror and realize that sometimes they need to get out of their own way to make their business successful. And what are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? And then you hire around that. And I think once business owners understand that they can't do it all and they can't do it all and they can't do it all well. Um, then I think you start to grow and expand your mind and realize that, you know, let's make a plan here and figure out what is the roadmap to success and make a framework for yourself and stick within the framework. You know, Mm -hmm. we're talking about frameworks for team members. Well, it's really hard to have frameworks for team members when we don't have a framework for ourselves. And, and I can say that just from the 25 years that I've been in business and owning companies, it's you really do need to identify what you're good at and what you're not so great at. And it's yeah. good. Some people, it's it's human. I'll, I'll speak for blue collar men and women on this because it's such a true trait, whether we want to admit it or not, it is. If you tell me I can't do something, <laughs> I can't manage everything, I'm going to try to prove you wrong. But you will be more successful. And honestly, we want, we want to be people. We want people to be proud of us. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's just part of our build, part of the DNA. You know, um, when you, you know, I, I, I'll go personal story. I'll share a very intimate story with you that I've never, I have not actually shared on my own podcast or on social media. When I moved my business to Utah from Nevada, I, within three weeks, we had 20 houses exterior. I had no employees. I hired five people. I didn't even know any of them. Just hired them. They started painting. I reached out to a big builder here in the Valley and we, we got a deal. I'd never done a contract like that before because Mm -hmm. in my mind's eye, I was like, okay, I, I, the residential area is my space. I wasn't doing that much commercial at the time. I didn't really know what I wanted to get into, but I love residential repaints, but I had some friends who do, residential new builds and they loved it. It was constant work. Boom, 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 boom. Like you have 12 houses in the neighborhood. So we got this job with this builder. We signed, we, he sent me the contract over on Thursday and um, Monday morning comes and I have to go meet him to sign the paperwork. I walk into my wife's office. She works from home and, and she's what, you know, she's like, what's wrong? I said, I can't sign this contract. You know, I'm like, Shama, I can't do this. She's like, well, why? So because my team isn't ready. I haven't spent the time to build that framework. They want these houses done in three days. I can't do it. It's going to take me six with my crew. I just know it. Then I had the wherewithal to look ahead and be like, I'm only hurting the homeowner. 
What about the family that is supposed to move out on the 10th who have three kids that they're changed schools and they're driving and they're, you know, they have their family ready to pack the house and all the things that go into moving that we've all been through. Mm -hmm. And I leave the room, I leave and she calls me. She's like, Hey, come back. You know? So I was already at a coffee shop. So she came and met me and she gave me a hug. She's like, I'm proud of you. I'm like, why? I'm like, I failed. And she's like, no, you didn't. So you succeeded more than you'll ever know. And I didn't understand at the time, but now I can look back like, it was so smart of me to know that I couldn't mm-hmm. and to have someone be like, it's okay. You were, you were empathetic to the situation and empathetic to all involved, which is not a trait of splashes. It's not at all <laughs> to know that she was proud of me. And like, this is my wife, my best friend. Like, of course she's going to be proud of me. And she's going to be like, do whatever you want. Business owners are afraid to have that time in their life where they feel like they've let down everybody, but really it's a growth cycle for you mm-hmm. to let you be more successful. You know, it doesn't mean I didn't mm-hmm. screw things up later on, but you know, I could call that company today and be like, Hey, we're ready. And I have that good rapport with them. That job's still there. In fact, I actually ran into him about a year ago, but I wasn't painting. So, you know, we didn't go that mm-hmm. route, but like, I guess what I'm saying is, is, and this is not taking the woman card or the quote unquote man card away from you, but it's okay to know you can't do something and you'll be much more successful within your own realm that'll raindrop down or domino down to your employees, to your mm-hmm. family, to mm-hmm. the business. And you'll see so much growth, so mm-hmm. much growth in that. I mean, the interesting thing about management is you are you know, we all start working for ourselves, doing something, creating something, completing some tasks, but then management is about getting other people to do that. And then, mm-hmm. then, then you sometimes are several removes away from that task where you're managing managers who are managing managers, you know, like mm-hmm. it just kind of gets more um, abstract and it becomes a little more complicated to kind of drive so far back from the end result. But um, it's something that owners have to do. And every manager eventually has to do that as your company grows. So it, it just gets complicated, but I'm glad we're talking about these things. Um, Splash, I know that you talk a lot to blue collar trades people, and I, I appreciate the perspective you're bringing to the conversation. And, and we work with a lot of um, trades too. So it's, you know, putting our heads together and saying, what are we seeing across different industries here? So important. Splash, mm-hmm. let me just ask you real quick. I mean, we could talk forever, but how do people find your podcast and how do they learn more about what you're doing? Word. I appreciate that, Chris. We, you and I could talk for hours about this stuff. It's Blue Collar Tribe and we're anywhere. You find me on the socials at the real splash underscore and everything. It's all the same name. Um, we're on Apple, iTunes, Spotify. We're actually on over 65 different uh platforms right now for your podcast listening nice so to include we just added youtube and our facebook page um and then we'll have our our website bluecollartribe.com will be up like any day now i'm just waiting and you'll be able to listen to it directly from them um but it is interesting and i would tell if i could say this to business owners are listening to this we have to I will shoot on you right now. You have to, you should love that shoot on you. I love it. (laughs) So funny. You should stop looking at other businesses and saying, well, they're doing it. Hmm. We all have different backgrounds. Like let, let's go back in time. I'm 43. Let's go back in time to the eighties. We're on a playground. We all were different. It's the same thing now as an adult. 
and, and I don't mean to plug my podcast, but when I have anybody on, I always ask them one of the, the, it's not a set question. It just is a question. How did you get into this? Mm-hmm. If you listen to how someone got into it, you'll know that their road's not yours and it's okay. It's okay. And I think that's what I would echo to everybody. Like no matter where you're at in life, in your business, or, I mean, let's, let's go even deeper if we can. There are so many employees that DM me. In fact, I just got one right before the show. Three years ago, she quit working for a roofer. She started a roofing company. Her husband is a GC. She wanted to build her own thing. And she asked me if I could jump on a phone call with her. I was like, yeah, you know, that's fine. I can you know, talk to you. Not that I am the smartest person in the world, but I'll at least share what I feel. And it's true, authentic with no filter. But she's all she said on the phone, she's like, hey, I really just appreciate the phone call because my journey wasn't everyone else's. Those are her words. Like, And she had to understand that. But once she understands that, she's successful. She has three houses a day she's doing re-roofing and it's working for her. And I think when you're in that employee part, can anyone own a business? I want to say yes, but I believe it not to be true. But I would believe that if you want to try it, try it. And just know that the minute you tried it, you didn't fail. No matter what happens, whether you close down shop in six weeks or you're doing it for 20 years, you didn't fail. Don't be afraid of that. You succeeded because you did something that no one else wanted to do but you. And take pride in that. But you have to understand that you got to stop looking at people and thinking like, well, I don't understand. My personality is better than them. It's this comparison thing that we do in social media. You know, so being someone who's on social media all the time, it's such this positive, negative pull of energy on Mm -hmm. what you're seeing and who you surround yourself with. You know, Splash, it's been an absolute honor to have you here today in the Estimate Rocket Radio studios. And you have to agree that you must come back soon. Splash, thanks so much for being on Estimate Rocket Radio. Appreciate it, guys. This is Estimate Rocket Radio. Join our team at EstimateRocket.com. Painted Podcasts are produced by the Painting Contractors Association and are made possible by members and industry partners. To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPainted.org.